Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that includes everything you need to ace your ACT test. A full textbook, tons of questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, videos on key topics, a built-in study planner, and full-length practice exams. You can get a free trial at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. So today we've got Mary Johnson with us from Odyssey College Prep. And Mary, if you could just give us a little quick bit about yourself, that'd be great. Yeah, thanks for having me here. I am Mary, and I've been working for Odyssey College Prep for about two years. I mainly teach the verbal sections of the ACT, so basically not science and math. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I really love it. It's been a really good thing. I love seeing students improve and reaching their potential with this. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, fantastic. And so today we're going to be talking about the ACT writing section and how to get a good score on it. And um, I mean, just to start, right, I think everybody's familiar with the other four ACT sections, but the ACT writing section is optional and not everybody takes it, though, you know, there are definitely some colleges that require it. Uh, but it's, I would say, you know, it's, it's something that is still a, in a, should I, or shouldn't I decision for law students. So could you share a little bit more about sort of what the ACT writing section is about? Yeah. So, and you're right. Some universities or some colleges will require it. Not many do. Um, I'd say it more depends on which college within a university you're applying for. If you're applying for a specific major. They might want to see your writing score. That'll give them a good idea if you're a good fit for them. If you're applying for mm-hmm. some sort of English major, some writing thing. Um, but it's going to be the last thing on test day that you do after the four sections. You'll sit down for 40 minutes and answer a prompt. And it will give you three perspectives to look at perspectives on some sort of low-key social issue usually Mm -hmm. um the example they give on the act website is about intelligent machines so um right so when you say low-key social issue you mean a social issue that's not like a hot topic (laughs) exactly yep low-key meaning uh like you could state your opinion and no one would get fuming with you So, yeah, they're not going to ask about gun laws or anything. They're just like, oh, should, like, should machines be able to replace people's jobs, right? Is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? What do you think? Here are three different perspectives on the issue. Address these three perspectives and tell us what you get. And you get 40 minutes to do that. So not a super long amount of time, but it's enough to form some sort of opinion and prove a point. Mm-hmm. But that's what you're facing, and it's at the end of the test. So <laughs> when your fuel tank is nearly on the E, and then they ask you to do that. <laughs> right. And yeah, I mean, it's a 40-minute writing section, which 40 minutes is a pretty long time. Um, so what are the expectations for, you know, both sort of like how long the essay should be? And then like, what are the other parts of sort of the scoring rubric that you want to highlight here for getting a good score on it? Yeah. 
they um we recommend doing a solid like introduction three body paragraph conclusion essay so five paragraphs one body paragraph addressing each perspective so i like to is what we like to say um because in the rubric they'll say like oh to what extent did you address the perspectives so if you just address right. one of the perspectives it's like oh good brownie point for you but even more if you can address all of these things that we're talking about right and the scoring rubric just so you all know um is a one to a six but you get scored by two people so then you get a score that's between 2 and 12 for each of the four sections. And so the four sections, I'm just, I'm just going off my notes here, are ideas and analysis, which I think is what you were just talking about, like directly talking about the perspectives, preferably all three of them. Mm -hmm. um, development and support, which seems to be basically how well can you use evidence or argument to back up whatever your point of view is. Um, organization, so following the typical, you know, intro, three-body paragraph, and conclusion structure, um, you know, having things that are about the same topic in the same body paragraph, etc., having a thesis statement, having intro and concluding sentences for those paragraphs that match all that, and then uh, language use, which to me seems to be kind of just like, do you use good vocab? Though I'm curious if you disagree with that. But yeah. is that all kind of roughly accurate for like what you're graded on? Yeah. And with language use, yes, that's true. You want to use good vocab. Um, a big part of that also is being concise and being clear in what you're saying. Instead of mm. rambling on and giving fluffy nothings in your paragraph mm. to kind of fill space because you don't know what else to talk about. If you don't yeah. know what you're talking about, then it's going to be clear, right? So you don't need to add fluffy things in there. <laughs> yeah, and you don't need to repeat yourself. I mean, something I see a lot with younger writers that I look at is, like, they they will say something, and then they will say it again in the next sentence, but, like, slightly differently. And I feel like this behavior kind of comes out of, like, what schools require of you, right? Like, schools are asking you to write a five-page essay. The length of an essay does not determine the quality of an essay, but that's how schools are, right? Schools are like, do this large bulk of work. And so when you've got a five-page essay to write that you could probably realistically write in two or three pages, you end up writing the same sentence four times in a row to fill space, right? Um, or writing variations on it. So I feel like you, if you're listening and you're a student, you need to get out of that habit. The The rest of the world after school, and I'm, unfortunately I know you're going to college, so you're going to have to deal with this for four more years, but as soon as school is over, <laughs> nobody wants to read five-page essays anymore. People barely read half-page emails, right? Everything's about being short and concise and to the point and, getting, and being effective with all those constraints. And so that's where I think, uh, yeah, I think for, you know, for this exercise, back to the ACT writing, because that's what we're talking about, um, just making sure that you're, like, using one, one sentence 
if you can and trying to like you know make the make each sentence have a strong relevant point another like there should be a point to each sentence you shouldn't be able to cut a sentence from your essay and have it be like nothing changed uh the other piece of it is something a, a piece of advice that i heard from someone else which i think is really interesting is like is basically you should always back up your argument in a body paragraph with at least one piece of evidence right and so that probably goes more to the development and support category but it's like for it when you are starting to write this essay and i think we'll talk about the process here in a little bit right because i'm curious whether you would recommend outlining or not um but when you're getting started with your prep like think about a piece of evidence even if it's just like anecdotal and doesn't have a stat behind it think about a piece of evidence to back up each of the arguments that you're trying to make because uh, that will really help you with the development and support rubric category absolutely like even if the evidence is just um one of your own experiences like it's been true for me that x right or in my experience this has been true it's like that's enough you have some evidence great there's something behind this you're not just saying words they're like really mm -hmm. great. yeah and then just to touch on like the last one organization um would you say that basically just knowing good essay structure which it is you know intro paragraph which has a thesis statement three body paragraphs each three body pair each of the body paragraphs has like one distinct thing that it's trying to do and then a conclusion that includes the thesis again and some other stuff and doesn't include any new evidence like is that basically it is it just like write a good five paragraph essay or is there more to it than that that's a big part of it it's a nice base um mm -hmm. I think what's possibly even more important is keeping in mind what your central goal is in writing the essay. Mm -hmm. um, if you keep in mind who you're talking to the whole time, who your audience is, that makes all the difference in the world. Um, I think. Yeah. So, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, so let's talk about your audience, who you're talking to, right? The, yeah, who's reading the essay? Right. And this is kind of like stereotypical, okay? This is not true for everybody. <laughs> this is just what is mostly, like, most of the time this is true, okay? <laughs> but um, most of the people writing or reading your essay, reading your ACT writing thing, are people who, this is their part-time job, okay, to read your essays. This isn't like a full-time thing for them. It's an on-the-side work. Right. So maybe this is somebody who um, majored in English or writing in college, and maybe they are now having some lower-paid job, like a teacher, right? Or maybe they don't mm -hmm. have any other job at all besides this part-time gig of reading your essays and scoring them. But it's not the most enjoyable work if you can put yourself in their shoes you're reading the same response to the same question over and over again with probably mm -hmm. not much variety and it's all 16 year old 
writing, <laughs> which just mm-hmm. isn't isn't as great, right? It's just the fact. So it's not the most enjoyable work for most. They're probably kind of not happy to be at work, but they're there because it's paying some bills, and that's great. But right. what you can do as a student when you're writing this is keeping them in mind and saying, okay, I can make your job a little less awful. Okay. <laughs> if you can engage them somehow into caring about you as a person, right? Painting a picture for them. This is who I am as a student. This is me. Then they can connect with you because they know who you are. Maybe if you if you told a story about your summer job and how that was for you, you included some characters, their names, they are now attached to you, to your story, to the people that you love. That makes it more mm-hmm. enjoyable for them and more invested in your writing, in your story. And that always helps. Right. Well, it's, it's tr- making it stand out from the other essays, right? And I think one of the pieces of advice that I really like was like using... Um, using your own using names right to like attach some significance to like kind of the the story that you're putting together and then using like you said personal anecdotes or other things that just are in general like gonna make it just more interesting i think at the end of the day it's like trying to get them at least as excited about reading this as you would hope that a college admissions essay reviewer would be excited about reading your admissions essay, right? It's a lot of the same advice. It's like, have a good hook, you know, tell like a unique and personable story. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's only so much you can do if you're talking about like intelligent machines, but maybe instead of start the starting point for that prompt being like hmm well let's talk about like what happens when ai takes over the world and whatever you could start with you know well my experience with an intelligent machine is when my alexa accidentally ordered us 300 socks because it overheard my mom wrong one day (laughs) right and it's like and then you tell this story with that perspective about like our you know from there you there's a lot of directions you can go argumentatively. You could argue that intelligent machines are not that smart. You could argue that they have a long way to go. You could argue that they're cheeky and endearing, but actually helpful, um, but have some quirks and bugs along the way in the short term. Like, But it's a much more interesting way to start your story off than just kind of going right into the argument. Definitely. And also, no one can really argue with a story that you tell them. Right, like right, like for instance, your your Alexa didn't have to order three hundred socks for you to make the story. Yeah, like maybe don't maybe don't blatantly lie because I don't know. It's it's like it's a lot harder to keep that straight when you're writing, and you also if you were like you know my Alexa uh, got you know helped me by giving me my entire. Uh, you know, physics exam answers like, well, right. oh, that's true. And then, like the the reviewer is going to respond like more negatively to that, right? But I think if you are maybe playing things up a little bit to be cute, or if you have like a cute example in your head, I think it's okay. At the end of the day, the point of the essay is not to grade 
a nonfiction, it's to grade your ability to make an argument. Totally. Yes. And I, I absolutely agree with you. Like some little non-truths. Sure. I don't think they'd be angry with you because I don't think they're grading you on what's true and what's false. But yeah, I think they can sense authenticity. If it's totally off, then that's just yeah. kind of hard to make real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so great. I mean, I think those are all good tips, right? Knowing your audience. I think maybe just for the essay structure, I think we already talked about kind of all the typical things that you want to do. In the intro, you want to have a hook, you want to establish credibility and then post a thesis. In the body paragraphs, you want to have basically like a beginning and ending sentence that bookend it, and then you want to have some kind of argument and you want to have evidence supporting that argument. And maybe if you're feeling spicy, you also want to have a counter argument that you address and then also uh, like fix, for lack of a better, better word. And that's and so powerful, by the way. It's like, in the yeah, right, yeah, technically, you can't get, well, it's basically almost nobody can get a perfect score. So don't get your hopes like mm-hmm. too high on that. Never seen a perfect score. Super hard. I haven't even heard of a perfect score ever, like in real life. Mm. But you cannot even get close to that if you don't have a counter argument. So even if it's like some weak little thing, it'll get you some points because it's in the rubric. It's like, oh, your use of counter argument. Right. Okay, that must be there. Obviously, if you can't think of anything on the spot, it's taking up too much time. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to put it. But anything you can think of, that is points. That's money. So I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it also shows that you're not just blindly making your argument and just kind of steamrolling past any other thoughts around it, right? Like most things have two sides to them. Um, so then let's talk about like approach. So when you've got your um when you've got your essay in front of you and you got 40 minutes, do you allocate any time to like prep work and setting up the structure of the essay and then if so what do you recommend um honestly i think the framework of the essay is laid out when you're writing the intro so Mm -hmm. i would just get writing um for a five paragraph thing you're right 40 minutes is a while but when it comes to five paragraphs i mean and if Mm -hmm. you're a perfectionistic person then goodness that's like no time at all so um the intro nicely lays out like okay here's a hook yeah your statement of things giving some examples and your thesis really should lay out what you're going to talk about and your whole point of things maybe you could lay a little Mm -hmm. framework for examples or evidences that you're going to use in your body paragraphs but Mm -hmm. i feel like that can be done after you create a thesis right because that should be the statement to rule everything it's your focus of everything right. you're talking about when the thesis is basically your three paragraph topics so that sh- it should be your whole essay more or less mm-hmm. yeah so i yeah. mean maybe you could start with thinking about a thesis first and then getting started on the introduction but feel that most people when they read the perspectives already know like ooh 
I want that one. I feel this way. I can have a good argument for this. So they already really know what the thesis is. Right. It's just getting started. It's the hardest part about writing. Right. Put something on the page. Yeah, and I think that's also some advice that I've heard from a lot of people, even for like other tests that involve writing, is um, you should really like to practice for this. Just practice writing a lot, because I think the biggest problem that a lot of people have is that they are not used to writing for forty minutes straight. They're not used to writing like a five paragraph essay straight either, and. All else equal, and this is for, you know, this is true more for like tests that are machine learning graded than these, which are still human graded, but that might change. Um, but all else equal, you know, a longer essay that's equally good to a slightly shorter essay will get a little bit better of a score. Uh, and so it's like you want, you know, on the one hand, I told you don't have waste or filler sentences, and that's still true. Um, but on the other hand, you don't want to have an essay with a two sentence conclusion either because you ran out of time. Right. So like, just keep writing, keep, keep kind of plowing away. And if you do kind of wrap up the essay and you have extra time, um, you know, maybe even consider going back and like trying to see if there's additional evidence you can add or an additional counter argument that you can address in one of your body paragraphs or something like that. I mean, other than that, is there anything else that you would recommend people do with the extra time if they've got kind of an extra minute or two on there? Um, yeah, I agree with all those things. Um, I would say double-checking your work, right? Like, did I address the perspectives? If I have a counter-argument, <laughs> did I put it in somewhere? Right? Um, making sure you're fulfilling those rubric requirements. Um, yeah, and getting rid of filler words, because... It's not enjoyable to read those. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and in filler senses. Great. Well, then, um, is there anything else that you want to talk about here as we wrap up kind of the ACT writing advice? I think we've said it. Those are, those are good things. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Mary Johnson from Aussie College Prep. And you can get a free trial of our ACT course for free by going to achievable.me and use the code podcast if you like it to get 10% off at checkout.